Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Micah Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. Amen. Okay, we're waking up a little bit more. So what I want to talk about today is what I'm titling preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance, essentially the idea that we don't have to maintain things when they're broken down. We can maintain them to keep them from breaking down. Case in point, I saved up uh, growing up, and so when I turned 16, the day I got my license, I had a car. And what does that mean? Freedom. Yes, God. The only problem is I drove that thing hard, didn't take care of it, bought it with 50,000 miles, blew the engine up at 87,000. And it was built in Japan, which means it was supposed to be driven for four million, you know. But that gives you an idea. I remember one time me and my buddy Bobby were late to football practice, and I took a corner really fast, and my tire skidded, and I hit a curb, and it bent my rim to an egg shaped. And so every time I would roll down the road, one side of the car would just go. It was Bobby's side too, so I'd be talking to him. He'd be. But it's just funny because it's like, you know, when you're, when you're young, you're like, oh, I bought this thing. It's going to last forever. And you don't think like, wow, I actually might need to take care of it. Like get an oil change with under 10,000 miles, right? But anyway, what I want to talk about is really just this idea. And I think a lot of the times, you know, it's a very popular um, idea within medicine, right? Is if we could take the magic pill or do the magic stuff that makes sure that we're healthy, and we're good or whatever it is, or for our cars, right? If we could have warranties because if anything goes wrong, heaven forbid, at least we don't got to pay for it, right? Or if you're an Apple user, if you have Apple Care or whatever it is, we just attach warranties. And really essentially what it's boiled down to is it's boiled down to a preventative maintenance that gives us peace of mind because that's what it's all about. If we could have, buy something and have peace of mind that it will give us exactly what we want for an indefinite amount of time without any cost, without any repercussions, with nothing. We could just, boom, we got it. Now I want to talk about this within the cost of, uh, context of health because when I was young, I realized I ate things and I functioned differently. You know, last week I traveled to Lancaster and I was uh, ministering out there. And when I was there, I landed and I got uh, really good food. Um, I got core life, and as I went there later on, they said, okay, well, we're going to have a dinner, and it's, it's hot dogs. I was like, oh, and it's like campfire hot dogs, so you know they got like the GFS, like five bucks for 500. It's like, it's made out of every part you never want to eat in your life, right? So I'm like, so I settled for a Lunchable. And then I like woke up the next day and dead serious, they had pallets of Twinkies and Hostess cakes. I said, those aren't for me either. So I, I literally just didn't eat till I got home. Anyway, but it's funny because I remember when I graduated high school though, and this is in the context of health, because preventative maintenance is, you know, eating the right things, the right supplementation, exercise. When you're in your young 20s, I mean, none of that matters, right? I mean, I, I remember graduating high school and they had a, a overnight, they had an overnight party for our high school class, but I went home and went to bed because I got up for work at 6 a.m. the next morning. And my idea of a good breakfast was a whole box of oatmeal cream pies and a Mountain Dew. And I'd work like 10, 12 hours, and I mean, I was just running, just crushing it, crushing it with that. We'd go to the gas station, you know, lunch was three gas station hot dogs. You want to know something? Gas station hot dogs, there's normal, like, decent hot dogs here. And then there's, like, 
fast food style hot dogs like Sonic here. And then there's gas station hot dogs right here, which is just guaranteed diuretic. Anyway, for some of you guys, that means diarrhea. <laughs> people are like, diuretic? What's that mean? Anyway, but, but here's the thing. There's just ways of functioning that I functioned when I was younger that my body just, I didn't have to preventatively maintain because I was at an age where my age could maintain that no matter what I put in the tank, I could still run. Now I'm 28. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, that's not even old. Who cares? The tank functions different. We have this day every year, and we, we take out the manager of our facilities here. And what we do is uh, we started it five or six years ago where we let them pick what they want to do for a day. And we pay for it all and just bless them because the, most, the least glamorous jobs here are the ones that are a lot of the times the most important. So you got to make sure you honor those people. And at the same time, that's a sermon for another day. Okay, so with that, though, we, we, go, to a, we go to Cedar Point, And when we go to Cedar Point, you know, you get a couple elephant ears. You get that refillable thing where you're like, you don't even know how many times you drank it by the end of the day, but you're like pretty sure you drank like 14 of those mugs, right? You get all the stuff and you know, the early days of doing that, it was fine, but now I have to prep myself. I need to go vegetarian for a week before that day to make it through. Cause I gotta walk like 12 miles, it's gonna be hot. I need to drink like four gallons of water the day before because I might cramp up. Like it's just, once again, preventative maintenance is looking and saying, okay, what do I need to do to, to, to prevent stuff from happening? Because, like I said, once again, this is actually kind of how our society even sells most of its products. It's how our, we're, we're construed, is to sell peace of mind through a product that can guarantee us some form of certainty in a world that is so uncertain. And so what I want to talk about specifically within that context is this idea of the wisest man in the Bible selling, talking about really what I would say preventative maintenance. And I would say this, in Scripture, the greatest preventative maintenance in any situation, circumstance, or anything at all is godly wisdom. And what I mean by that is you're going to, I'm going to read some passages of Scripture because for some of us, right, when I look at you and I'm like, hey, are you sick? Go read the Bible. Hey, are you, are you in line with God? Are you, you know, go be committed. You know, a, a lot of the times it's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're a preacher. You tell everybody that. Duh. Say something cool and different and catchy. And then I can apply it to my life. But what actually goes on in Scripture is Solomon, who we know, I'm going to talk about later, his story, is one of the wisest men in all of Scripture. But before he's one of the wisest men, or when he's, Becoming that, you can see there's a, a, a characteristic of who he is that truly says, God, I need you. And if left to my own self, I know I cannot do what I'm created to do. I need you to lead me, guide me, give me understanding, give me discernment, and give me wisdom. And actually, some of these writings in Proverbs I'm going to read quickly are his writings. And it says this, because I'm trying to add context. Because a lot of times when I say, hey, read your Bible, it'll be good. Hey, you know, be committed to the Lord. It'll be worth it, right? It's like, oh, yeah, amen. And you're like, okay, well, that just feels a little empty. Why don't we add a little meat to the bones, right? It says this, Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. So, all right, don't forget teachings. Let my heart keep commandments. And then it says this, 
for a length of days and years of life and peace are upon you. Now pause. If I stood here and had a bottle of pills and I said, if you buy this right now, it is guaranteed length of days and peace of mind for you. Guaranteed. How many of us would be like, I'm in. Great, where's the line? Right here, it says, hey, keep my commands, obey my teachings, length of days and peace. That's just the first layer. Let's talk again. Proverbs 3, 13 and verse 16. It says this. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Okay, hold on. Now some of us, right, young people, and, and really I think a lot of the times the, the evolution of society is essentially, you know, how we think of preventative maintenance is I get to a certain amount of money and I can pretty much buy my way out or get out of anything. Not really how it works. And this one's actually interesting because it actually talks about riches and honor and long life again within the context, once again, of wisdom and understanding. What does it say? Hey, if you pursue wisdom and you get understanding, guess what? Long life and riches and honor. Once again, if I had a pill, said, hey, if you take this one every day, you get a long life and you get riches and honor. All of us are like, where's the line start? I don't know if I got, I got, I'll max out every credit card, go bankrupt, whatever it is. Riches, honor, long life, I'm in. But what's Solomon saying? He's saying, yeah, just follow his commands and adhere to his teachings. Long life, riches, honor. Let's keep going because we're not done. Proverbs 4, 21 to 22. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Hold on a second. Healing to flesh. Now, that's a term where obviously in a, in a medical sense, right? If something's wrong with your flesh or something's wrong with your physical body, right? There's a level of, I need a doctor to address this. And I'm not essentially saying, you know, next time you break a bone, just go start reading your Bible and, you know. But what I am saying is that there's a level of understanding, discernment, and wisdom that can be applied to literally our physical bodies that can add long life and days onto us. Man, a lot of us, we, we're searching, and, and in our lives today, we just, we search for what we think are certainties. We search for the things that we can add that can give us greater influence or longer days or, or greater riches or more honor or whatever it is. And Solomon is just hammering it. Hey, wisdom. Hey, godly teaching. Hey, obeying God's commands. You want riches. You want honor. You want respect. You want a healthy body. You want length of days. You want all this stuff. Obey and adhere to teaching. Now, once again, like I said, when we talk about these, it's just so easy because a lot of the times when we throw out the phrases, you know, let's be in our word or let's understand who God is or let's follow him and let's, let's put him first and all these things. It's just so easy to be like, okay, I'm going to do it. And, uh, and in the back of your mind, I know people think it, what do I, okay, if I do all this, what do I, what am I actually getting? Like, is there anything that actually happens? Because I've tried it before. And it's funny because it's like the compounded effects of a godly lifestyle is essentially what Solomon's talking about. This compound, because a lot of us are like, okay, when we do pill bottles or supplements or whatever, right, we got the 30-day guarantee. We got the 60-day guarantee. We got that stuff where it's like, okay, if it doesn't work, I just trade it in. With God, that's not how it works. Now, I can tell you this, and I say this all the time because I think it's very important, right? 
When we tell people you should follow Jesus, it is not this idea of, okay, it's going to be easy. No. Because here's the deal. Following Jesus is not easy, but it's worth it. And I think a lot of the times what happens is we come in and we're like, all of a sudden, it's not easy anymore. Stuff's hard. God's trying to get what's good, what we're reading on the outside, on the inside, and it doesn't feel good. And so what happens is, is we're like, okay, God, I want to follow you, but this is not easy. And God's like, I didn't want you to have an easy life. I wanted you to have a life of worth. I wanted you to have a life that makes a difference. And these things don't just fall into your lap. They don't just happen. And I think a lot of the times what we do is we weigh our reality within the context of truly sitting here and saying, okay, is this really going to be significant today? Or is it going to be significant down the road? Because what I need to do is prioritize what's going to make a difference today. I can say this, right? And it's the parable of so many, there's so many different things, whether it's the seeds or the talents or whatever it is, is taking the things of God and over a compounded, protracted period of time, you start to see it. It may not be the, the massive quantity you think, but you start and it starts to build and it starts to come around and it starts to pay off and it starts to change you and it starts to mean something and it starts to do something in your life that causes people to look and say, wow, that's a life. See, this is the biggest thing, right? Essentially what God is, is talking to us about in these passages and what Solomon's saying is he's saying, listen, if you choose the thing that matters to God, but not to man, God will add the things that matter to man because he'll look and say, okay, you chose this instead and now you're an example because people will look and say, you got everything, but you chose a different route. How, Jesus? I love talking to my friends because it's like, I've never really made much money, but if you measure my 28-year-old self, it's like, dang, this guy's doing real good for himself. I don't know how it happened. It's like every day, just, all right, God. Genuinely like WWJD, all right, well, I guess we'll do it. <laughs> but what I want to talk about now is Solomon's life, because if some of us maybe were thinking, oh, you know, that sounds all well and good, that sounds really awesome, but truly actually choosing God and everything else happening is not just this Old Testament reality. I've said this a billion times. It's a New Testament one, too. Seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all things are added. You know, it's funny because it's like, what does all things mean? Not everything. It's like some of us were like, what do we get in return? I'm like, well, what does, does it fall under the all things category? I think it does. So let's read actually this story. It's the process of Solomon's development. So what happens is David dies. Solomon is now appointed to oversee the country. And as he is, God shows up. And I love God's first question. It says this. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I shall give you. Now, pause. We as Christians, we read the Bible, and we're like, oh, you know, God showed up at Gibeon, and he asked him what he should give him, and then Solomon said, it's like, no. If God showed up in your room and said, ask what I should give you, I'd be like, time out. I'm going to need like 24 to 48 hours to make sure I get a good answer for this. Because in the Old Testament, you give a bad answer, it's, it's not good. I'll tell you that. You can read it. I promise it doesn't work out good a lot of the times. So Solomon's just like, he gets anointed. He's the king. God shows up. He's like, what do you want? And, I get, and what he's doing is, yes, he's wanting to maybe answer a request, but more he's checking his character. He's checking his depth. He's seeing who he's got on the throne. And Solomon's like, uh, you know, I could see Solomon being like, 
Uh, what do I, uh, let's see what his response is. It says this. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, in uprightness of heart. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on this throne, on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Listen, this is his request. Give your, your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I might discern between good and evil for who is able to govern your great people. Pause. Anything you want. Hey, just give me a discerning and wise mind. That's a pretty good answer for, like, God's probably like, okay, we chose the right one, then. All right, homie. Like, that's, I'll take that. But listen to what happens. This is where it gets, this is where I think a lot of the times in the church, we don't understand the gravity of what God means by seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all things are added. I'm going to give you a right now example. It says this, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself a long life or riches or the lives of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind that none like you has been before you and none like you shall come after you. So essentially he's saying, I will make you the wisest person ever. Nobody before, nobody after. But listen to what happens after. And he says this, I give you also what you have not asked. This is a good have not asked a blessing. It says this, right? both riches and honor, so no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, I will lengthen your days. Hold on. He asks for wisdom. And what does he get? Wisdom, honor, riches, length of days, glory, a legacy. Hold on. He just asked for wisdom. You know what's crazy is Solomon and it actually says this in Kings, that he was so rich that when other people would come and offer him blessings or offer him tributes, he literally had a pile out behind the palace that they just threw silver in. Oh, if it's not gold, we can't even store it. If it's not, if it's not gold, just throw it out in the trash pile out back. Right? How many of you guys know? That's, that's pretty crazy, especially in a society that was built on precious metals. There wasn't just like dollar bills back then where people showed up with gold, with silver, with bronze. He didn't even have room for anything outside of gold. I would say that's pretty rich. That's pretty rich. But what did it start with? I don't need that. I need wisdom. I don't want the death of my enemies or I don't want the people I don't like taken out of my life. I want wisdom. You know, I don't really want the, the length of days. I just want to be able to treat people well and understand what you want me to do and follow you completely. Is that okay, God? And God goes, yeah, actually, that's more than okay. And because your heart is like that and you've asked me in sincerity and said, listen, I only want to follow you. I only choose you. I only want to listen to your word. I only want to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to give you riches, blessing, honor, and long life. And not only that, I'm giving it to you. So when people look and question what in the world and how did that happen, you can look at them and say, 
I don't know. I just follow God. See, that's the point of actually following Jesus, is when the things of earth genuinely do not matter, but God adds them to you. And when people ask, how did you get it? You can look at them and say, it's just God, because I just follow him. Because, man, all our world does is I want to just follow where the money's at. I just want to follow where the happiness is at. I want to follow where the vibes are at. I want to follow where the good times are at. And it's like, no, if we follow where God's at, he can add that other stuff. Don't you worry. And I want to switch lanes because we're talking about preventative maintenance. I know in the first context of Scripture, preventative maintenance within the idea of health, within the idea of wellness. You know, God's literally saying, hey, if you apply my wisdom, it's, it's healing for your body. It's flesh. Uh, it's healing for your flesh. It's, it's a restoration of your mind. It's all of these things. And now we've assumed that it's riches and it's honor. And once again, length of days and all of these good things. How many of you guys know? We've combined all of these pill bottles of, all right, take this, and it's happiness. All right, take this, and it's wholeness. And we've essentially boiled it down to the most Christian thing in the world, take a Bible. Because that's essentially what Solomon's saying, teaching, counsel, commandment. And that just doesn't sound fun. But isn't it interesting that the things that don't taste the best all the time are usually the things that are the most healthy? Usually the things that cause the most pain or, or soreness or whatever it is usually are the things that strengthen us. See, we can take so many physical attributes of Scripture and apply them to the spiritual realities of following Jesus, but it's really our choice to even have an open heart to that. So what I want to do is I want to talk about how to stay, how to stay maintained so you don't break down. Because here's what I realize a lot of the times is, is our world, especially pre-COVID, we all know our schedules were full, we were maxed, we were going, and there wasn't much time for anything in the day outside of just what we needed to get done. And we went to bed thinking about the 400 things we needed to do the next day. Then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I cannot do the things that I thought I was going to do. I can't function the same way. And it's almost like we were going 120 and just bam, the brakes got hit. And it's funny because I think a lot of the times when we follow God, what you see is that God leads not just in good seasons, but in bad ones, right? Not just in, in the fast, but also in the slow. See, following Jesus is choosing to follow him day in, day out, no matter what the economy does, no matter what the political scene is, no matter what social media says, no matter what any of that is, we choose to follow Jesus. And staying maintained really comes down to a few core elements. Because once again, we're flipping into a car because I think a lot of the times it is just so easy for us to realize that our lives, we are finely tuned to go for a long journey. But if we don't take care of the thing that's going to help us on that journey, we will break down. So what I want to do is I want to give us a couple things to make sure we're maintained and we don't break down. The first one is this. Wisdom is knowing your fuel level and how to read your dashboard. You know, I picked my friends up uh, when I blew up my car engine. I was taking my friends to the airport, and I remember I put my car in park, and I got out to get their bags out, and there was green coolant running all over the ground. And naturally, what did I do? Huh, that's interesting. Gave them their bags, got in my car, kept driving. Right? Then all of a sudden, about 10 miles down the road, my hood is just steaming, can barely see. But I'm like, you know what? Next gas station's at 10 miles. Fine. 
pull into the gas station, fill it up with coolant, and stop steam and drive home. Forget all about it. Wake up the next morning. Go into my car, try to start it. Won't start. Call Pat. Pat comes over. Yeah, your uh, engine's blown. There are a couple signs before I got to the engine blown stage, right? Got coolant genuinely all over the ground around me. My hood is steaming. I continue to drive. Now, I will say this. I'd always had the flashing light in the corner of the dashboard, but I just figured because I had gas, you know, I'm fine. And man, I think a lot of the times this is how it is in faith. Is it's like, you got the dashboard light going off. Like, hey, you're going the wrong way. This is not what you should be doing. This is not how you should be living your life. Your fuel's low. You're like, oh, I got 700 more miles. You're on like right there on the empty tank. And I, I know we're, try, we're pairing like a physical and spiritual reality, but man, I, it happens so often where you can, and I know my dad can attest to this, as pastors, you can assess somebody's life and be like, if they don't slow down, if they don't read the dashboard, if they're not aware of that fuel level, they're going to end up on the side of the road somewhere. And what's sad is because here's the deal, in order for you to have consistent and sustainable faith, there has to be an awareness. There has to. I mean, it is just so easy to sometimes come into church and be like, okay, I'm in it. I love it. It's great. It's awesome. And God's like, all right, now we need to apply it to the dashboard. We need to assess what fuel we're putting in the tank because guess what? The fuel of other people's approval, the fuel of the haters, the fuel of all that stuff, whatever it is, the worldly fuel will not do it. There's a reason there's a void in your heart that when you come in here and it's going wild, you're like, dang, I'm feeling something. Because, man, when you try to shove the wrong fuel into a car, how many of you guys accidentally filled your car up with diesel before? I didn't do that. Or like small engines. It's like, did I put gas and oil in that? I think I did. This might run weird. I think all of us can identify our dashboards and maybe the sensors that are going off right now. Maybe it's the sensor of some relationships. Maybe it's the sensor of some decisions that you've made. Maybe it's the sensor of, hey, you need to focus on the marriage. Maybe it's the sensor of, hey, you need to focus on the kids. Maybe it's the sensor of, hey, we need to evaluate what's going on and make sure it's in line with the kingdom because essentially that's what it comes down to is we want to make sure that we're preventing a maintenance situation. Because don't you realize that maintenance situations, a lot of the time, cost some cash. They cost some cash. So the first one is this, right? Wisdom is knowing your fuel level and how to read your dashboard. The second one, wisdom is surrounding yourself with some really good mechanics. How many of you guys know this, right? If I pulled into my mechanic and I said, hey, man, what do you think's wrong with my car? And he told me three things. And I looked at him and was like, all right, sounds good. See you later. Just pulled right out. He'd be like, we got to fix them. Like, don't pull out of the garage. You need to fix the issues before you keep driving. How many of us, right, God, maybe brings some people around, maybe brings a message, maybe brings a passage of scripture where all of a sudden there's, oh, there's an issue there. And it's like, oh, yeah, there is an issue. All right, let's get back on the highway. Woo! I'm going to tell you this. If we don't fix issues, we will be on the shoulder. If we're not aware of, hey, we need people around us, we need routines around us, we need structure around us that will stimulate and help us grow. If we're not aware of that right now, 
Chances are we have been broken down a lot more times than we want to be aware of or that we want to admit. If we're not aware of our habits that keep us maintained, the people around us who keep us maintained, the biblical awareness and commitment to, okay, I'm going to be in my Bible. Okay, I'm going to be in community. These are the things that keep you maintained because here's the deal. I know this in Scripture. If God brings people around you who are maybe a little bit smarter or farther ahead or have some advice for you, and it's not even the good stuff a lot of the times. Most of the time, God brings people around you that you really don't want to listen to, but he just wants to see if you're open. He brings viewpoints around you that you really don't like, but he just wants to see if it maybe will convict your spirit to turn around a little. I know for me personally, that's inside the church. That's anywhere I go. I tell you what, I've been in a gas station and the cashier said something to the lady in front of us and I was like, whoa, God, I am here listening. Because man, all of a sudden, we as people, we surround ourselves with people who think like us, talk like us, wish like us, live like us, think like us again. And then we wonder why we're, we're broken down. It's because God brings people around who know things about different stuff than we do who can strengthen us in that area. I want to encourage us. The goal of this message is for us to realize the areas of our lives that have inhibited our smooth journey and caused us to maybe be stuck on the side of the road. And here's the deal. At no point and no time will God ever look and say, all right, you're stuck there. He's willing to do what it takes to get you back on track, but it is your choice. It is your choice, and at no point should you believe the lie that your journey, well, it's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. I've, I've had that one headboard light flashing for so long, and it just doesn't happen. No. God can help, but it's up, it's up to you to choose it. The last thing is this. Wisdom is knowing God is like AAA. He's like AAA. But even AAA can't make the right choices for you daily. The pursuit of godly wisdom is your choice every single day. Some of you guys are like, oh, what's AAA actually do? Don't worry. I Googled it and copied and pasted it. It says this. AAA has a total of four free roadside assistance calls per year. It, has, it includes any service provided and up to a $50 auto lockout service. You may have your vehicle towed to a responding AA facility or, or five miles additional for an extra charge. So essentially, what do I mean by this, right? So often people come and they say, all right, God, help. And God's like, all right, I'm going to tow you to a destination where some people will help you. I'm going to put you in an environment where some people can work on you. I'm going to put you, here's the deal. I'm not going to take your 1992 Chevy Cavalier and hand you over a Mercedes-Benz 2020. That ain't how it works. I can maybe patch up some tires and unlock some car, unlock some doors, but I will not just do everything for you. I will take you to people, I will take you to places, and I will put you in environments that will help get you back on the road, but it is your choice. I hear it a lot of the time where we just want God to do everything. But that's not really how it works. He's given you his Bible. He's maybe given us people in our lives. He's maybe given us strategic or, or things that we know I shouldn't do that, but I end up doing it, but I shouldn't do it. He's given us these things. See, godly wisdom is us saying, all right, God, I'm going to pursue you day in and day out. I know when I get pulled over, you're just going to bring me right back to a place of alignment in the body. 
You're going to bring me back to a place of awareness within Scripture. But at the same time, there is in no way where you go to bed and wake up and it is an osmosis transition where we just put the Bible on our head and boom, we are good. What it is, is it's us saying, God, every day I choose you. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to be committed and I'm going to be consistent. And that is the best preventative maintenance for your emotions. It's the best preventative maintenance for your mind. It's the best preventative maintenance for your physical body. It is the best preventative maintenance for your relationships. It's the best preventative maintenance for your career is when you are rooted. You know what the Bible says? That we are rooted like trees planted by streams of water that yield fruit in all seasons. You ever seen a tree in the wintertime of Michigan cranking out apples? God's essentially saying, you can be something rooted that produces at all times. But it starts with being rooted in me. With that, my last passage of scripture is this, Psalms 31, 15. My life, my every moment, my destiny is all in your hands. I know you can deliver me. I pray that's a revelation for all of us. And maybe that's our first step towards godly wisdom. Is that every moment, every plan... Every thought is in his hands. Choose his wisdom, and I promise you this, right? Length of days, healing to your flesh, peace, honor, riches. They're all tied together, but seek first the kingdom and righteousness. All things are added. Let's stand to our feet.